0: I've lived a thousand
1: nights. I've a thousand I and and for another role.
2: This is the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just
0: for-
2: Hello. Uh welcome. <laughs> you're all, you're both very quiet. Well,
1: we were waiting for the preamble. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> welcome to season thirty, episode six of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcasts. My name is Kimmy. I'm Joey. I'm Stork. And in today's episode, Virk from California, but currently in DC, that's a very important thing he wants us to mention, writes in about using stars and wishes with surprising outcomes. Weasel Creature ran Hero Kids for kids and micah shares about how she discovered happy Jacks. Um, if you'd like to contribute a question or a story to the show you can email us at happy rpg at gmail.com that's happy jacks rpg at gmail.com Dot com. Dot com. um all right announcements very exciting um JackerCon is coming! Yay! Yay! So JackerCon is our fan-run online convention, and it is amazing and fantastic, and it's a whole lot of fun. Um, So mark it on your calendars. It's going to be July 22nd through 24th. Um, It pretty much goes 24 hours a day because we have people participating from all different time zones around the world. Um, So wherever you are in the world, there will probably be a game for you. And if you want to run a game, great. Um, And you can find more information about that at happyjacks.org slash jc. That's The letters JC for JackerCon. I figured that was easier to remember. And the rules and stuff are there. You will have to join the Discord. If you've never used Discord before, I put a happy little link there that says, What is Discord? And you can click that link and learn all about what Discord is before you join that chat program and hopefully partake of our convention. It's totally free. And again, that's July 22nd through 24th. And super big thanks to the Jackercon team who run that server and put up with my over enthusiastic trying to trying to get this settled on the calendar. So
1: yay. And I've always always amazed at Jackercon. It was like the ultimate compliment that just a group of people that listened to our quirky little podcast were so moved that they started a whole convention, an online convention back when that was even pre pandemic when it was still really hard to do. Yeah. And it was Kurt D T Pines who Mm -hmm. I don't know if he still runs it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, Oh, he put up with me. Oh, (laughs) he he was very patient. (laughs) I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) And I I found out that just the highest compliment that just on their own the fan community decided to have a Happy Jacks convention, which Mm -hmm. is so cool.
3: Happy Jacks bringing people together.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: We need like a like a happy little theme song about that. Together. Happy Jacks.
1: Happy Jackers jacking.
2: No. mm, mm, No. mm. Different website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah all right <laughs> all right that's it so start on mailbag number 1
3: i'll take number 1 okay Ahem. greetings empress kimmy and the jacker court of laser printed heroes Ooh. i can't remember if i if it was mentioned on the show or somewhere on discord but someone mentioned stars and wishes i really hate that name fair um <laughs> don't agree but i can understand why uh i realize i hadn't gone i hadn't done that with my group for this campaign we are 10 sessions in, and the response I got kind of floored me. Just to sum up,
1: Stars and Wishes is a what?
3: It's a it's a post-game mechanic where you kind of talk right. to your team and kind of figure out, you know, what, what do you like about what we're doing in the campaign? What do you want to see in the campaign? Kind of a way for the players to get feedback to the GM in a format so it's not like you feel like you're giving them notes, but it's kind of like, we really love when you did this, but also we want more zombies.
2: Yeah. Like so that. you you give stars to thing you things you like already, like hey gold star, and then you know hey this is going good, but I wish this could happen. Mm-hmm. So that's where it got the name stars and wishes, and it's a little bit of a, I mean I'm a teacher, so like gold star, like I'm like yeah that makes perfect sense. Yeah.
3: It's positive
1: reinforcement, <laughs> yeah. which everybody it, likes. No, right. and I get it, and it's, and it's a nice little add on you can put in your game as a GM to have. It's a little touchstone to figure out if, if yeah. you're doing the right things. If you need to change anything, it's a chance for everybody to speak up. And yeah, I get it.
2: Yeah. 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 I think it's actually... Finish the email and then i Okay.
1: I'll talk it. okay. Uh, I was very proud of the gothic
3: horror feel and intensity of the game I was having. Every session was important and choices mattered. Everyone still goofs around and has fun, but everything they did had consequences, good and bad. Then two of the players and their wishes basically said love the game but can we have like a beach episode or something where we can like we do whatever we want and not risk being killed on one hand i'm annoyed because this is what we all signed up for in session zero on the other i clearly need to take it down a couple notches and let the players relax i'm trying to decide if instead of giving them more light-hearted sessions in game maybe i should just throw in more goofy one-shots every few games that way they can get it out of their system and still keep the main campaign's mood and setting what do you all think? Any other ideas? Verk from SoCal, but currently living in DC. P.S. This is copied from my post on the discord. It's a great place. You should all join, <laughs> which yes, everybody should be on discord. Not Daccord.
2: <laughs> no. No. Uh, and cool. Stand disc- for the win, full disclosure, Verk uh, is one of our mods. So he's a little yes. biased, but it is a cool place. Yes. Um. So I, I love stars and wishes. Like, With a little bit of a cheesy name, like yeah, I acknowledge that. Um, I actually like it so much and think it's so important that when I was, um, well, I'm still designing uh, Starscape. um, I actually built in a very similar mechanic to the end of um, session moves Mm because it's PBTA, so there's moves at every point where you kind of, as a kind of mention what your character like their goal is for the next session, and you that, that plays in mechanically because as a GM, that's such a valuable thing. It's it's so important, and I know I'm getting off track a little bit because he had a very specific question we were supposed to answer. But I just I want to impress upon people, especially players, if there's one thing you can give your GM slash DM, it's a little bit of an idea of what you'd like to do, and that makes our job so much easier and so much less stressful because it's like, hey, I already know they're interested in in this thing. Um, so it's, it's really great. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, To your point, I absolutely agree with your players on this. Having been in a couple of campaigns that have been very, very dark, which I love. I love a dark, serious, you know, let's go, let's helms deep into hell. Like, let's figure it out. But to kind of take a cue from my other background, which is musical theater, um, you really pay attention to a lot of serious shows that have a really serious second act. They always have at least one or two numbers that are light. That are comical. They're going to give the audience a chance to breathe. If you look at West Side Story, it's Officer Krupke in the middle of the second act. If you look at uh Miz, Le Miz is a bad example, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> Officer Krupke is a great example yeah. of this. You need to give the audience a moment to breathe because if you don't, they're going to feel so bogged down. They're not going to be able to handle anything else. So I, I think really giving your players... Maybe not even a beach episode, but it's a lighthearted episode. Maybe give them a small side quest where they they get a win. As I, again, I love games where there's consequences and your choices mean something. But a lot of times those games tend to go in a spiral way, especially when the dice don't go your way, where a lot of things are going to go wrong and your players are going to feel like they're losing D&D, which you can't, if you can't win D&D, you shouldn't be able to lose D&D. So give them chances to succeed, especially if they've had a lot of fails in a row. Give them something that's gonna be lighthearted, maybe not necessarily in tone, but lighthearted in motivation, so that they can get a win. They can chalk a win in the on their tally and then they can keep going with a new sense of
1: hope and, and drive. I I agree. Um I, I'm of two minds because I get it. You're trying to you're trying to cast a spell here and create a tone and you don't necessarily wanna interrupt it with uh, you know, a goofy side quest. I get that because it, it dispels it. But there are ways you can maybe make it happen in your in the game, like a shopping episode. Uh, everybody likes to shop. It's a chance to resupply. You can do some things. Uh, there, you could even do stuff where people maybe reach back and touch on their backstories without it being totally tragic. Uh, There's some ways I think that you can do this in-game that where they're not being completely hunted by the monster at all turns, at all times, and gives them a, like a palate cleanser, a breather. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, you could have a goofy psychos. So you could just have a simple bar fight that doesn't actually, you know, end with an elder god being summoned <laughs> from behind the bar to attack them. It right. could just be a simple bar fight or something completely innocuous, mm-hmm. um, and still be interesting without it threatening their life yeah.
2: at all times. Yeah, because uh, you know people get really emotionally involved, oh. even though we're like playing characters, like. Our real emotions are involved too. So like that constant tension that it just gets exhausting as a, as a player, as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, it Those moments of just, okay. Okay. Now we're back and ready to get into like the tension again. Um, it's just really, really important.
3: And it happens. all. Sometimes that happens that you even realizing it. Like yeah. a good example is uh, when we had the monster hearts AP on here. Yes. We were all in it to win it. And I was so excited about that game every week, but it got to the point I was excited, but also like I almost dreaded coming to the studio. Cause it was like, I have to put myself through this again and I'm very excited about it, but also I'm so drained. And there was, there was no, there wasn't really a chance for levity in that game. And I think if there was, it it would have improved the game both in, inside and outside of the game.
1: It's but a, it's an intense thing to go through. I mean, I talk often about how actors who have to go through, you know, this trauma every day and twice on Sundays, they have to seek ways to get in touch with their humanity again, whether it's going to Disneyland or, uh, drinking heavily, <laughs> mm-hmm. but whatever it is. Sometimes you just need that release valve because it can, our bodies don't know that we're pretending our bodies still react right. physically to this. Maybe I brought this up last episode, but our bodies still react like we are under threat mm-hmm. and it can have a physiological depth, uh, can affect you physiologically. Yes. It's not just in your head. It's not just a game. Your body doesn't know the difference between an actual tiger jumping out to jump you and one that you think is there mm-hmm. for pretend purposes. It your body will still react that way. And it can be unhealthy and can be So I guess I'm saying have some lighthearted stuff in there so that your players you know, their anxiety goes down. <laughs> <laughs> um I see. Oh I I I I know what you're saying. You don't want this to turn into Scooby Doo. You mm-hmm. don't you don't want to do, undo all of the hard work that you have done to cast this this Paul and to and to make this thing serious. And I totally get that. But I think it sounds like you're a good enough GM that you can pull off an episode that isn't dark and gloomy the entire time, mm-hmm. and not undermine mm-hmm. your overall party. I really mm-hmm. don't. I think you I think you're good enough to pull this off. Every That's
3: setting cool. has some light.
1: Every yeah. setting has
3: an uh, some room to breathe. With maybe the exception of Barovia, <laughs> uh. uh, which is just it's Barovia. But yeah, find those moments in in your setting and in your game where you can let the characters breathe a little. Again, it doesn't have to be a beach episode. It doesn't have to be Happy Go Lucky. You know, let's go skiing. It's it can be just a moment where they the players get a wind. They get in touch with their humanity. They get to see the good side of humanity. It can see the good side of your campaign and your setting.
2: It could be a shopping episode. We love saying. a
3: shopping episode. That's what I was <laughs> saying. A shopping
1: episode it lets people like resupply, mm-hmm. gives them ownership of some of the items, like we talked about uh, mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago about the horses and all of that. It gives yeah. them a chance to like maybe you know and, and talk to each other and bond with each other some more without yeah. without having to derail the, the game.
2: Yeah. As a as GMs, we we tend to want to make sure we're always giving our players something and sometimes we, we just have give them too many things. Um, I see this a lot with um, younger teachers um, who who, play, who plan out like every single moment of the day and exactly this much time and then we'll do this and then we'll do this, which is great, especially when you're first getting going, but you start to realize like there's ebb and flows and you have to have that, okay, we're going to have this long. Oh, we need a little bit longer. We don't have to stick by this super rigid schedule. So as a GM, you need to kind of reflect on that too. Like, am I, am I constantly pushing them or are they leading? Like, it, it, is it more like I'm hurting and pushing them along and they're kind of like, oh, okay. Or am I tr- racing to catch up? Because. It's always better to be in the, the racing to catch up because your players are so enthusiastic about the story than it is to feel like you're kind of like driving them along.
1: Uh-huh. In sticking with the school analogy, <laughs> it has been proven uh-huh. that you have an intense morning and then you need recess. Yes. And recess is very important. And then they come back and yeah. they work hard again. Yeah. Um, so maybe you just need a recess.
2: Absolutely. You need a recess. <laughs> Shopping episode, beach episode. This is our official Happy Jack's advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Email number two. Do you want to do it, Storm?
1: Oh, sure. Okay. Greetings, Kimmy in the Jackholes. Life happens, and I haven't been able to run a game for a couple of years now. Still playing plenty, thank the gods. Woo-hoo. Just like we last weekend, my wife and I were in charge of the RPG rooms at Game School Con, and I got the chance to run some games. Woo. Keeping uh keeping in my this con. Keeping, in, I mean, mind keeping is, in mind, maybe okay, was maybe war. it was. I'm I'm navigate my way through this sentence, and emerge surprised on the other end. Keeping in mind, this con is for school kids, school age kids. Uh, we get players from four to eighteen years old. For my first game, I ran Iron Kingdoms, and it was all teenagers. But the shining moment came when a player who had never played an RPG got the last hit on the boss. She was so excited, and the table cheered for her. Yay. My second game was Hero Kids, and the kids were 5 to 10 years old. I thought I'd try something new. Well, new to me. I'm sure others have done this. But I didn't have an adventure planned. The selling point was that we were going to craft the adventure at the table. What I envisioned was my asking some questions like, What type of bad guys do you want? What type of adventure sounds fun? Exploring a cave, ships and pirates, etc. But the kids gave me some answers. Oh, with the, And the kids giving me some answers. Well... As soon as I said, okay, it's time to design our adventure, I was flooded by excited suggestions ranging from maybe the mayor's son is kidnapped, Uh, there should be an island with a skull cave, and up to we get betrayed by a fairy. It was so fun collating their input and tossing together a quick adventure that I was able to fit everything in, including a werebear, when the tracker, some big animal tracks, just said, maybe it's a big cat or a werebear. As much fun as I had, it was I was tickled to the core when one of the players in the middle of a combat blurted, "I am having so much fun!" <laughs> Roll the dice like your life depends on it, Weasel Creature. Weasel Creature's been a fan for a long, long time mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. and of various cons and such. Good to see you, Weasel Creature. Glad to see you here. And... Yeah, um, I love that. So good. It's, it's funny we've been doing this long enough now that all the people that were asking us gaming advice are now gaming the younger generation. And now they're asking us advice on what to tell the young kids.
2: Well, well, some of the people <laughs> who were kids when we started this are now adults GMing and <laughs> writing in and asking us for opinions. Fair enough. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. I think one of the best things about gaming with kids or just working with kids is that just total honesty and enthusiasm. like. They're not having fun. You were going to know it. There's no like polite. I'm going to sit here for four hours and just do my best. You will not make it 10 minutes. No. But then when they have fun, they're just like, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> best day ever. Ever. <laughs> yeah. And the, it's these moments that are like the little uh, like seeds that grow the hobby because these, these kids will always remember this game and They'll probably become some sort of gamers, um, and then their kids, and their kids, and their I kids. I guarantee
1: you, they all went home and told line by line, step by step, what happened in the game to the family at dinner.
2: Yeah,
1: um, that's what my daughter did. Which we'll get to maybe in a bit, but uh, <laughs> it's it really stimulates the imagination. You we kind of forget we get a little jaded. Oh, you know this is a hobby is so hard to do, and oh my god, the guy over there that was jamming for he was on his phone the whole time. Blah blah blah. But it's moments like this where you're like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be fun. And Mm -hmm. it is fun. We kind of forget. Yeah. And when we're in a band, you know, it's a lot of hard work. And we go to rehearsals and there's all the infighting and just trying to craft this thing and all of the stuff that happens that, you know, when a lot of people get together for a long period of time. And then when you get out there and you get that cheer and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember. (laughs) This is fun. People enjoy this. (laughs) This is fun. We're actually good at this. I forget these things. I get so caught up. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Remember these things. This is it. It's important and it's fun.
2: This is really impressive though because the age range, Mm -hmm. like the fact that the con is for four to 18 year olds. How do you plan for that? that There is zero way to plan for that. I'm going to tell you right now as someone who has a master's degree, like there is zero way to plan an adventure that is interesting for a four-year-old and also for an 18 year old, unless the 18 year old is like there with a four-year-old they care about and just being really good about it. That's hard. And then the fact that that Weasel Creature was running games for five to ten-year-olds.
1: That's wild. that We're talking about... And multiple games on the same day.
2: Yeah. We're talking about a kindergartner. That's what five-year-olds is. And a fourth-grader or fifth-grader, which is ten-years-old.
1: That's really impressive, Weasel Creature. I see... You had to put that together for me. I just said, oh, kids, they're out. Yeah. And I kind of assumed that he had groups of different ages. Well, he did say the first game was for teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then the second game wasn't. But yeah, you're right, the age difference and sophistication huge. between five and ten is huge.
2: Even with the, yeah, like a five-year-old, they're learning, most of them are learning their letters. They might be like, hey, oh, that makes ah. So they're not reading at all. They're they're probably not doing addition. Some kids could probably count pips or if like very, very basic if you're having help. So that's, that's impressive. And Heroes Ki- Hero Kids, I know we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, is a fantastic system for this. Um, I've seen it run, Stu ran it, um, and I helped him run it for some kids at a couple cons. And, like, the the character sheets are all coloring, which mm-hmm. I totally stole for a kids game I'm designing because it's the best idea ever. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, like, I have never gamed with kids quite that young and, like, I've taught preschool and I've taught kindergarten but I that's something I feel like I need to try just to see how it goes Mm because five years old like you can get amazing ideas and they are they are so good-hearted usually like they will be the ones who you uh like oh these are the trolls who kidnapped the princess and they're like we'll bake them cookies and get the princess back and you're like absolutely Mm -hmm. you will those are the best cookies ever (laughs) made and you did a great job and they just come up with such cool ideas because they they have no preconceived notion most of them haven't eh, they've watched movies and stuff but they don't connect the, the the plot so much and they still are really dealing with cause and effect they don't quite get that in unless it's a very simple story so they like we make friends with the the person and then we like go play handball and you're like okay the princess is the the referee during handball and your team wins good job
1: i the difference between role-playing game and their actual pretend played life is so the the wall is the veil is really thin there because i remember being fascinated at watching my kids play and they Mm -hmm. They would get together and they "All right, let's pretend," and they would pretend intensely for twenty minutes, and then go off and pretend something else. And like you just said, the story sort of meanders, and they change things. I'm going to be this, I'm going to do this, and yeah, and so their imagination and their pretend play time anyway mm-hmm. is very similar to a role playing game. It's just that now you have a, a, a dice, and a yeah. randomizer, which is kind, of, kind of exciting. They kind of stay on topic, but they're already role playing in mm-hmm. daily life anyway. Yeah, yeah. This it's, just makes them sit it's down. It's exactly and roll some the, the same thing. It is. It's, I used
3: to tell my parents. Because, you know, my parents, well, you're going to do what? And that sounds, what are you, that seems weird. I'm like, okay, it's basically adult poker night, but we're playing pretend. Yeah. Like, and I'm an actor, you know this, right? So right. So right. think of it as theater well, sports. This is also the parents who, I I was in high school playing d d for the first time. I had to write a, uh, a paper for English class and uh, chose to explain to my parents in this paper why d d was not satanic. And, oh. uh... It was a, I had to like research stuff and like prove my points and got like a 98% on the paper. So I threw that at them like, there, I proved it. You can read it if you want. I'm going to go play now. Um, But yeah. Wow. That's intense.
2: Yeah. Uh, My daughter is, she just turned two like last week, but for like the last like six months, she started pretending. And I was, it started like we bought her a little kitchen set and she like, mama, mama eat. And you're like, okay, what is it? She's like oatmeal and you're like oh nom <laughs> nom 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 and it's so funny to watch that progression of the very first pretend is her pretending to do things she's seen to now like the last two weeks she started pretending to be animals so it's like this interesting progression of copying and now she's starting to like create herself um she's obsessed with sea otters right now who um, isn't though right they're otters cute, are the right? Best. yeah so i keep like when i'm sitting down she'll be like Mama, mama, baby sea otter. And she'll like crawl on me and lay and then pretend she's like smashing clams to oh. eat them. And it's super cute, but it's like a lot because she wants to do it a lot. Um, <laughs> it's and it's
1: 98 <laughs> degrees here. And we're like, mama's really hot and well, needs to get like, up. And you're right like, on mama's bladder.
2: Yeah. Well, and I'm like <laughs> sitting and I'm usually like typing, like, mama, mama sea urchin eating sea urchin your and you're like okay you How does she that is so that?
1: adorable it is
2: but it's it's interesting watching that progression uh-huh. of, of copying to their own thing and then eventually probably the the like creating stories she mm-hmm. hasn't gotten to like the narrative place mm. so i feel like like that's the well i know because i have a master's degree in education but i know that that's the next step but it's fascinating to think about how that would go into like game design and planning as a gm for games for kids
1: i was literally watching my kids when they were younger like with playtime with other kids and such role play like you know you play this and you're gonna be the bad guy and i'm gonna be the good guy and they would like then leap around with capes or whatever it was mm-hmm. making up a story yeah. right then and there it's exactly what we're doing
2: yeah absolutely and we just so have rules yeah
1: mm-hmm. like light rules well yeah because well, they kind of like the idea of dice it's like yeah. so if i roll this and then i because now all of a sudden instead of just being freeform they're like, But again, it has to move quick because their attention span starts to shift. Hundred percent. So
2: instead of them just arguing about what really happened, right? Which is what happens. Right. (laughs) No, I hit you. You did not hit me. (laughs) No, I went like this, and it went. No, I hit you. Yeah, that's
1: exactly how it plays out. Yep. All (laughs)
2: right. I love that. Yeah, but yes, gaming with kids is something that I'm fascinated about, and it's it's very interesting. To see how it makes them develop. So I
1: mean, as a grown-up, I mean, all this advice that we give is basically trying to get in touch with your inner child. to Like, have the yeah. confidence and the courage to just pretend again. Yeah. Be imaginative. And I think we can learn a lot from just how free kids feel about just pretending to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And we still have all the... We put all this weird baggage on us. And I know we're all Why? <laughs> because uh, why not? I and mean, nobody's going to really judge you. It's all about having fun. It's all about pretend. And just go watch a kid play someday. And you're like, oh, my God, they're so imaginative and free Free. with it and they just they don't
2: care yeah
1: or whatever it is
2: yeah plus there's all the studies that show that as adults the more creative you are the longer you live and the better like your brain holds up in old age Mm -hmm. so there you go there's like another other than just being fun well hopefully we'll, we'll you know have all our faculties a little longer
1: we should have a. We should write an acting book about the connection between role-playing games and and pretending as a kid and trying to get back in touch with your inner child and being a kid.
2: We'd make they, a bazillion dollars.
1: Don't tempt me, Storko.
2: <laughs> That's what I need. Another project.
1: Right?
2: <laughs> Talk to me after the wedding. Yeah. So I was telling Joy earlier. Sorry. Side side story about my cute daughter. So <laughs> she is the flower girl in Joy and Adam's wedding. And she's been practicing. So we have her little basket and we fill it it with rose petals. The first time we're like, okay, so you walk and you throw some. And she's like, okay. So she threw like one handful and then she dumped it out and like started stomping on the petals, (laughs) like immediately. Like, oh, puddle, 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 stomp, 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 stomp. And you're like, "Mm, that'll be hilarious, but maybe no.
3: I'm ready for the chaos. (laughs) There will be chaos
2: mailbag number three thank you for being patient with my my ch- stories about my daughter all right uh hey kimmy and all the laser printed heroes micah from ak arkansas i quit, right Nope, alaska alaska that's yeah good okay i'm a teacher it's fine <laughs> to be fair i don't teach american history i teach california history so if you want to know about the rancheros and like orange fields and burbank i can tell you all about that um writing it in uh with a gaming success story this is a long one so refresh yourselves yeah geography shush don't at me (laughs) back in march 2020 i was one of the multitude of workers sent home at the start of the pandemic i found myself stuck with lots of free time and an overactive imagination in dire need of an outlet After listening to Jib's Hashtag Just Us Heroes and Kimmy's Eidolong Academy APs, both of which I adored, I was inspired to try and find a masks (laughs) group to play in. Unfortunately, games were in short supply, so I embraced a lesson I learned when I first jumped into the hobby. If you can't find a game, you better damn well start one. Well done, well done. With the state of the world in March 2020, in-person gaming was, shall we say, inadvisable. So I reached out and posted an ad on an online game on the Happy Jacks Facebook and Discord. This was my first time trying to put together an ongoing game with complete strangers, and I have to say I hit the happy jackpot. Nice. I that's
1: love. excellent. That's very good. It's yeah, like, excellent. I like it.
2: <laughs> my, my group consisted of an abs, uh, of an absolute killer's row. DT Pints of JackerCon fame, Stork's Daughter Emily, Jim, a.k.a. Team Banana, and three Happy Jacks hosts, Adam, Joey, and Jason. Damn. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah. That's a, that's a good table. <laughs> My, uh, oh, sorry. It was, without hyperbole, the best thing to happen to me in both the years 2020 and 2021, and I have never been blessed with such a creative Uh, Oh, and the best gaming experience of my entire life. I have never been blessed with such creative, caring, and hilarious players. For just under a year, we had a weekly outlet of pure positivity, of joy, and of laughter, and in an isolated and uncertain world. There are some moments of joy I'd like to share. I'm getting, like, a little choked up. Okay. Uh, So here are the moments. Joey and I tearing up as we have an in-character father-son talk. His character's father, a retired hero, telling him, Every day I draw the sword, I took my life in my hands. Every day you draw the sword, you take my life in your hands. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever cried from an RPG before, but I got pretty misty at it. I do. Did, I did
1: <laughs> em, Emily, Emily would come and tell us every day about this, so I was going to wait till the end, but yeah. uh, I am in awe. Of Micah's choices and GMing. and this is just one example of many, mm-hmm. of many. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like she's. Doing no, this fantastic. this theme was fantastic, yeah. and it was one of those moments
3: that just happened so organically, and you just start riffing off each other, and you're in the scene, and it's it's one of those okay. moments like we were talking about a second ago, where like acting and RPGs just meld perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, if you want to cry, put me in your game because I will. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I'll do it.
2: Right, and that's such a parent thing to say. Oh yeah. Like, like it is like your heart is, like, walking out, like, along, like, away from you in, out of your chest is your child. You're just like, oh, hurt my heart. Please be careful. Oh, man. lorlin's going to, like, be old enough to leave. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later on, emotionally scarring Joey... Oh, I emotionally scarred Joey by asking if his high school student character was off book for the school play. Ooh,
1: Rude. Right?
3: She goes home.
2: Oh, man. Line day was like... Oh, man. It's still...
3: I'm breaking out a cold sweat with you just saying it. Here's the thing. (laughs) For Joey, I never worried about it. I'm always the first one off book. This character, however, was not. And it was... I took psychic damage.
2: I wasn't. I was always the person who was like like swim team in the morning quickly getting changed like looking at my lines because i knew that afternoon was rehearsal where i was supposed to be memorized like every class like subtly just like beating everything or like everything. in my terrible.
1: in my high school the, the theater program had been closed for many 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 years mm-hmm. and this woman came in and started it up again and we literally it was one of these moments where we're sweeping out the theater and going up the rafters and going anyway i auditioned got the lead of the play oh. mouse of roar oh. And I was in almost every scene. It had a ton mm. of lines. And bearing in mind, I had never really memorized that much in right. my life. It was, I it was a, it was a cold sweat because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm going to let everybody down. And I'm I'm up in my room all day, every day after school, <laughs> scene after scene after scene after scene. Yeah.
2: Okay, so and it's. it's- For clarifying for the chat, because they're all like, we're not theater kids. What does off-book mean? (laughs) So off-book means that's the day you're expected to have the play memorized. So you're you're expected to be able to do the play without holding the script in your hands anymore.
3: You know all of your blocking. You know all of your lines. You know everybody else's lines. You know your cues. You know your scene changes. Your costume changes. Your songs, if it's a musical. Your choreography, if it's a musical. That is when the script is out of your hands and it has to be all in your head. And it's a
1: nightmare.
2: Yeah, you're no longer allowed to look at the page that says, Walk over there. This is what you say, and they don't
1: expect you to be perfect. So, but no. you do. They are expecting you. If you if you go up, you say uh, line or or mm-hmm. or uh
2: yeah, know. just
3: yeah. You stay in the moment. Line. Stage manager gives you the line, then you keep going. Hopefully, yep. hopefully.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was high school theater as well for me. Joey Joey's all pro, but. <laughs>
3: Even high school, we did yeah. a production of *The Crucible* We're opening. It lasted almost four hours because one of the judges could not remember his lines in the oh. courtroom scene, and we kept going around in circles. Oh, oh my God. God! He jumped pages. He went back, and like, we can't help you. You're leading the scene. Oh, my. Uh. It went on for four hours. The show opening night went on for almost
1: four hours because it was an hour long courtroom scene where he just... It was a
3: nightmare. It was. Ni- I,
1: there was a point I was playing. Robert... You never told me this story before. I, I thought I had. This is. I the most was playing awesome awesome theater No, no, no. I was playing Reverend Hale. I'm like, you know what?
3: I just saw my character leaving i could justify my character storming off stage oh i didn't gosh. but i wanted to real bad
2: that's when you like like someone has to step up and like be a made-up character that just starts saying those lines well none of us knew his lines
1: yeah because they'll true. have a, a ton of lines to do yeah,
2: there in
3: stuff yeah. So yeah it was a nightmare oh, wow. it was a nightmare yikes he got a very strong talking to after opening night and it didn't happen again
2: magically everything was memorized by night two mm. yeah Right, or just anyway. through the
1: Barrymore and you leave your lines scattered all over the set. So when you go over there to the phone and there's your lines and you go behind the podium and there's your lines.
2: Yeah. Stay tuned for the, the spin-off podcast. Uh Story high school theater talks. nightmares. <laughs> Joey L M C will all be the guests.
1: <laughs> don't tempt him, he'll do it.
2: I know. You don't need another project. No, okay. I know. Uh Every single discussion between Curtis and Emily, who decided to play sisters and were the sweetest and sassiest pair I've ever seen, deep tea pints, uh, availability to con- ability to convincingly convincingly play a fourteen-year-old girl, Emily's ability to come up with roughly thirty different NPCs for her background. She did. <laughs> Apple doesn't far, fall for, far from the tree, does it, stork Obviously, so, I'm so proud. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jason's character putting on an entire song and dance number to ask somebody to homecoming.
1: That was epic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Adam's depressed emo kid coming together with his team to defeat his doom.
1: Emo kid with great apps. Yeah. Oh, naturally. Right. Of
2: course all nine of the apps <laughs> adam making me come to it with come up with a clairvoyant character on the spot naming her tapestry and my somehow managing to make it ri- a rhyming prophecy during a five minute bathroom break.
1: bathroom breaks for the win right there that was a stew solution mm-hmm. right there yep. we we here at happy jacks we advocate for bathroom breaks when you are stuck
2: and tapestry the best yeah. name
1: ever yeah. And did well, you know that it was completely made up from whole cloth? No, I example.
3: I did because he told us almost right after. Okay, because obviously all being all associated with Happy Jacks, we all knew about the famous stupid five minute bathroom break. Right, so it works. It works. <laughs> yes, <laughs> don't do that. You
2: come out of the bathroom. Yeah, um, Mike was she was smart enough to use it. Yes, yes she yeah. is amazing. And uh, and tapestry is a callback to Interpol X. Yep. we had a, a tapestry that like was like magical and like gave us information. So that's a very fun callback. I don't know if anybody else got that, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Jim convincing me to let an NPC actually be his character from the future. Okay, that's that's a really impressive GMing feat. Like yeah. to be a PC's future self and make it work. Well done. Yeah. Clapping again. We're clapping again. Like okay. a, again. You're fantastic. All the stories Incredible. I
1: heard, she was she was rocking. Yeah, yeah it. so She's good. The
2: best. Um and. Finally, Jim, being the quietest, most reserved player I've ever played with, making me nearly wet myself with his perfectly <laughs> crafted jokes. To all my players, I love and salute you all. You're a hell of a team and great friends. I could not ask for better. To the hosts, GMs, and players of Happy Jacks, thank you for everything you do. The podcasting community have been with me through a lot of hard times and life changes, and I love you all dearly. Thank you all, Micah. Call me north on the Discord. PS, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> PPS, drink. Oh my god, that was so good.
3: It really was an amazing game, and it was lightning in a bottle. None of us had any idea that it was gonna be that good. Yeah. Uh, not, no offense to Micah at all. I mean, at the beginning, like we we didn't we just we didn't know, and it just from day one we all just clicked. And having all those people be on their a game every single session and just be great boils to play off of and to throw things at you and you get to play and throw it back. And it was just, and have it be all remote. Like I've had that happen at a table because there's that energy, but it's a lot harder, at least for me, a lot harder to do on remote. And
1: Micah was a fantastic remote GM. I, I'm i afraid there's no AP of this. This, you guys no. this was, but uh, my daughter, Emily, who played in it, would then come in because Emily was stuck at home during the pandemic. And this was her, outlet and she would come and then regale us with these stories about what happened like the entire day when we were all wrapped it's because emily wants to be a writer and was able to spin these stories and so we all followed along with your game second hand um emily's character was panzer who was magnetic control and um dt pints played her younger sister mm-hmm. and they were you know opposites and fighting and siblings and I'm storming out and it was just amazing the role-playing and the situations that they willingly would get themselves in yeah. again it's masks so yeah mm-hmm. it was I mean Emily was so moved that she talked to a friend of hers from college and that we were starting to create a comic I don't know where that's gone from there but as far as I know it's still in progress she was so well it takes a while to generate a comic but sure. she was so impressed with this storytelling and so moved by the gaming and it's again it's a great example of what this hobby can do for you yeah. just as inspirational. And
2: how long and did the? Oh, sorry. Uh, how long did the campaign run? Uh,
1: a little over a year, I think. Okay.
2: Yeah. Right, I I want to point this out too, because one thing I see on the internet and a lot of like, like indie hot takes for for masks especially, people say masks is not a long campaign game, and I just I just have to disagree. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's really easy to do like a short campaign in, but The longer you play Masks, the the deeper the characters get, the more entwined they get, the more in trouble they get. And if you have a GM who knows how to, like, really weave a story that isn't just about defeating this one bad guy, like a little comic book arc, that knows that the heart of Masks is not fighting the bad guy, but the drama between each other, then you can ride that system for so long. Mm -hmm. like. It is so great to, to, with the drama and all the, like being teen superheroes, there's so many places you can take that. Um, and I think this is just a great example of that. Like with our APs, they tend to be a little bit shorter just because, you know, we're trying to get through lots of games and keeping everyone on a schedule like that with real life is really hard for longer than a certain number of sessions. But I think this, like, Proof positive that you can run an amazing masks campaign that is, like, long-term and stays engaging and only gets better with time. Correct me
1: mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but it was pretty much one whole school year, right? It Culminating in the prom. About,
3: I want to say it was close to that. I think it was, I think we started the school year and then, it, yeah, got up to the prom. So almost a full, a full school year. Uh, and we basically ran, if you want to break it into, like, seasons, it was like a two-season arc. So yeah. we had up to a season one and then a, a second season. And as far as I know, Micah had planned ish, an ish-ish plan for season one. Uh, she knew kind of what the main plot points were going to be. Mm-hmm. But again, you just hang the plot off that. Like you have those couple yep. hooks and then you just let the characters throw whatever they want and stick to those plot hooks. And it was great. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. It's such a breath of fresh air
1: in the middle of the pandemic and got to make like new lifelong friends that are that are great and i'm really glad that you guys didn't lean so heavy into the teen drama that it became intense and heavy and depressing because mm-hmm. the stories that emily was telling me is that there were some moments and emily's character was a broken toy if if, if there was if this were the breakfast club she would have been the the greaser character with the leather jacket plate the judd hirsch character Gary yeah. that mm-hmm. jerry Nel- judd nelson judd nelson, judd yeah. nelson yeah. character mm-hmm. she'd very much be that one um and it can easily, you could easily just lean into that and make it really intense and downer for everybody, and everybody can do that with their characters. And I was really impressed with how everybody was playing young and still having fun with it too. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks a mask can be intense, and it can, but if only you're an adult and you lean into the pathos and forget to actually have fun, well, you need recess.
2: Yeah. Well, and masks. Like Monster Hearts, absolutely, mm-hmm. it's very that. Yeah, Masks has a lot in there to have those uplifting uplifting moments, and if you read through the book, like, there's very specific about that. There have to be wins, and there's the drama between the team, but it's very important that they stay a team, and it doesn't really work if you lean too hard into the drama. Um, so there can be like, oh, you have a crush and da, da da da. so there seems to be a lot of that. But if you get too hard into like the heavy stuff, then masks stops working because it's meant to be like the Teen Titans. It's meant to be. Um, oh, there's very serious moments. Oh, the doomed. Oh, they're 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 doomed. We have to save them. But then after that, we go to prom. Mm-hmm. So it, you've got to have that balance of real world, easy stuff. And also lighthearted stuff, just like in the comic books. It 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 really captures like like comic books better than just about any other system as far mm-hmm. as the arcs going with um the specific genre of comic books it goes with. And I
3: would I would, I would agree. 100%. Emily was a big
1: fan of Young Justice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very young justice.
2: Perfect. And that's for that. what
1: she said.
3: It's hundred percent.
2: Yeah. That's actually one of the things that the, the author lists in the front is like Young Justice. Like this is a game made to play Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. And yeah, and, and you're right,
3: you have to you have to give everything equal levity and equal weight. Yes. So as a teenager, prom is effectively the end of the world. <laughs> it's so intense. Right? It is that dramatic. So you have to treat as a teenage superhero in masks, you really and this is just my opinion, you have to treat the prom with the same amount of weight and drama as you would staving off the apocalypse. Yep. Because to a teenager, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same problem. The problem is you have powers to help you with the apocalypse. Yeah, power is not going to help you with prom.
2: Nope, that dress. It, nope, your powers aren't helping with that. So Sorry. for
3: me, that's key, and I I love playing teenage games. Like I I I love that genre. I am I fully stand all the Riverdale trash. I'm here for it. Um, that's my genre. Mm-hmm. But you have to really really lean in. I think you have to really, really lean into those tropes and really
1: know what you're getting into when you get into those things and get yeah. willing to get dirty and and like you had to ask emily's character to the prom uh-huh and it was a very big deal right that, and it, it, over the course of many games you were working up to the how that was going to happen
3: yeah the kind of the second great the second <laughs> season
1: was very much our will they won't they yeah
2: yeah
3: which was just super again your daughter is amazing to play opposite of. <laughs> Especially, like, my character was absolutely simping. Like, again, if, if she was the Judd Nelson, I was the Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Goody what? two-shoes guy. I know.
2: I know. Dork's daughter is a thespian player? Shocking. Weird. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. How does she roll? she
1: remember. She claims that she has my bad luck, but, uh, but Masks isn't that bad and because you can embrace the failures with yes it's a it's a whole kind of different dynamic it's it's built
3: to fail forward she said said she
1: failed a couple of times spectacularly that moved the story forward in many many great ways oh yeah there
3: was time she like
1: dropped a house on people. (laughs) changed the story
2: mike is in the chat and she says she rolled fine
1: (laughs) mike i i I, i'm gushing over your your gm skills Uh, uh emily had nothing to say but great things and she would Tell the whole story, like I said, at the dinner table and we would all sit there and like we oftentimes I'll finish and leave and I'd wait for her to finish telling her story because it was so Mm -hmm. great to hear what was going on in that game. Yeah. It was and you there were a lot of balls in the air and you had a lot of characters and they were all wanting to do different things. And I'm amazed at how well you were able to allow each of the characters to follow their backstories Mm -hmm. as well as and then still have a group stuff as well. It was it was amazing what you what you were able to pull off. I'm I am in awe of your skill set,
2: that's a great success story. Yeah, Aww. yep. And another reason people should sign up for Jackacon and make new friends and play with mm-hmm. other amazing people in the Happy Jacks community again.
1: Happy Jacks bringing people together. I'm also yes. proud of Happy Jacks for exploring sort of the off the beaten path games. Yeah, Masks is a it's a big game, but when you look at the pie chart of games and all that, it's it's like a sliver mm-hmm. of a sliver of a sliver down there in the, in the top well the- and.
2: And when we first started playing, it wasn't. Right. Like, when Jib first ran the masks campaign, hashtag um, Justice Heroes, it was still in beta. Like, it hadn't been um, even released. The Kickstarter wasn't even over, I don't think. Yeah. So, I, that's something I really think is important, too. Because we're independent, we don't worry about getting sponsorships from big companies. We don't have to cater to them. We don't have to be like, we love D&D. D&D's the best um we We do love i mean it's fine i'm not saying but we don't have to constantly yeah we can play small indie games that the publishers well now magpie could afford to sponsor us now that they've had a multi-million dollar kickstarter with avatar the last airbender but at the time we were able to you know we we can play indie games because we don't have to worry about having a publisher who can pay you know a certain amount per episode or whatever we get to be like I backed this weird Kickstarter and I want to play this game. So we're playing it.
1: Well, and that's where I was i was going to say, come back to this circle back is Micah found masks through the Happy yeah. Jacks APs. Yeah.
2: And we, especially with our one shots, we do a, lot, a bunch of little weird indie games. Um, and I was actually talking on Twitter about that. I was like, Hey, what weird little indie game should we run? And then we had a bunch of people like posting games. They wanted us to try out. Cause a bunch of us are also indie creators like me and Jason and Chris Gray and everybody like, so we understand it's like, please, please look at my game. Please play my game. It is, it's good. I spent like half my life on it. Please play my game. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it, it's so much fun and we can discover that there's a perfect game for everything. I know people try and like make the big games or like giant GURPS that can do anything and D and D, but space. Um, Sorry. I'm a little bitter that I've spent like the last two years designing a space game. And then D and D is like space D and D. And I know, I I know it's been a thing for a long time, but I'm a little bitter anyway. um, But if you go and look at like the indie games, like, There is a perfect game for the exact thing you want to run somewhere with the exact vibe and the exact setting and the exact right amount of mechanics that you like. So spinning off. Go look on the internet for mm-hmm. indie games. Don't
3: be afraid of new systems. It's okay to learn new systems. I promise. Or go through the Happy
1: Jacks AP backlog yeah. and watch some of them and you might be inspired.
2: Yeah. We also, um, on the Discord, we put together a huge, still-growing database of games. Um, and it, and people have just been adding to it. So if you go... Um, I should probably put it on the website, too. But we have... It, it, no, I did. I put it on the website. Go me. Uh, if you go to the community tab... It's, I think last I saw it had over 300 games and you can, it's a spreadsheet so you can sort it by setting or type of game or publish these publisher. I don't know, but you can sort it by and find exactly what you want. And there's links to where you can legally obtain it.
1: Very cool. So
2: yeah, it's super fun. And it's, it's really helpful because there's a lot of great indie games out there that even those of us who are really in the indie scene don't see because social media has bullshit for algorithms or whatever. Um, so it's been really neat to to go through and be like, wow. Okay. Bye. Bye. Follow that person <laughs> on itch.io. Um, okay. So there's, there's been, it's I, I found a lot of very cool games looking at it and there's a place to submit more. So if you are an indie designer or you have a favorite game that you see isn't on there, you can add it. It's just a little Google form thing. So
1: it, Even off the indie thing, there's, there's also just older games that are still yeah. around that are also worth exploring and looking oh. at. I mean, I've been mage curious for a very long time. I really want to play a mage game. And it's been around for 20 years. One mm-hmm. more, more or another. Um, never been able to play it. Yeah. But there it is. It's that old. Yeah. And I always harp on Traveler. And it's been around a million years. And yeah, we love great. Traveler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So don't limit yourself with the big dog on the, on the block. Go look around. There's all kinds of things out there to play around in.
0: Or
2: even just the popular ones right yeah. now. Like, like PBTA, like having its moment in the sun, but for a long time it was like savage worlds and there's kind of these cycles. And right now it's, um, very much the forged in the dark games are kind of the new hotness and you can absolutely play those games, but also realize that there's, there's a lot of other stuff out
1: there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: There's, there's flavors of things for every,
1: you can eat a hamburger every night, but try a steak some night or a chicken sandwich Mm -hmm. or a turkey club. Yeah. Or go out for Middle Eastern food if you're really feeling adventurous. There's all kinds of things to try.
2: Oh, my God. I'm so hungry. Now.
1: <laughs> right? How dare you go?
2: <laughs> I forgot to eat again. Same. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us for Season 30, Episode 6. With great sound the whole time, I'm going to point out.
1: You've been saying it's a matter of working it out, and you
2: worked it out. I worked like it out. N- none of us had doubted you. I know. We
1: all knew that you would get it. It's I doubted just, me. It was a matter of like, you know, you, you got to dial these things in quite and literally. She's got a whole thing we were dials that she's I'm dialing in. <laughs> moving.
2: Yeah. And just, you know, spending a little bit more money every week is fine. <laughs> uh, I'm Kimmy.
3: Oh, I'm Joey. Sorry. I'm still Stork. <laughs>
2: uh, and thank you uh, again. Don't forget to check out or sign up or mark on your calendar for JackerCon, July 22nd through 28th. Again, 24 hours a day, basically. Um, Happyjacks.org slash JC for that. Um, If you go join the JackerCon Discord right now, that's great. We're still kind of setting things up so you can't sign up for games or set up games now. But you can join, start talking about it, make sure you're involved there. um, And the, the sign up and set up process should be done in a week or so. And we're going to leave you with a song. Today, we are going to be leaving you with a song by, you know, we're going to we're going to leave you with I Storked It. For Stork. And because, Emily, like we're so <laughs> proud of like our little like stork apple that fell right under her the tree. So we're going to end with that. And it's uh, called I Storked It. It's by the Angry Folk Band, a.k.a. Stew. And I think you could find it at angryfolk.com. But it's also available everywhere think where you there's google
1: will go to the google type yeah. in i storked it something will pop up
2: yeah absolutely so all right thank you all and we'll see you next week bye bye Bye. Thanks.
0: we got past the gods and the book raised past the dot traps and you only got grazed we got past the pits and nobody fell we got through the door with the unopening spell Got past the sphere of annihilation What dumbass mage made that creation And now here we stand, gold as far as we see With just one more obstacle, it's all up to me And I storked it I fucked up the die roll, I storked it My luck's a black hole, so I storked it And I know I'm an asshole, cause I storked it We paid off the guy where the blueprints are kept It turns out the guards there were very inept Our B-team they tunneled through the sewers below They did it although their progress was slow We hacked in the phone lines, their whole network was ours We even had the of the executive showers And now the last step, hack the fingerprint scans Months of planning and prep are all in my hands and I storked it. storked it. I fucked up the die roll, I storked it. Storked it. My luck's a black hole, so I storked it. storked it. And I know I'm an asshole, cause I storked it. Storked it. When I play d20, I always roll one. And when I play girps and 18 will come when i play savage worlds i roll a one twice i even lose an amber and that has no dice because i storked it i fucked up the die roll i storked it my luck's a black hole so i storked it and i know i'm an asshole because i storked it it just seems no use I never can win It happens every time to my party's chagrin I've tried newer dice But they've all got the curse I even tried game science That just made it worse I try borrowed dice But there's none that courageous To lend them to me It's as if I'm contagious So now here I sit Lady Luck disavowed, it's just no use, I should go back to wow, cause I storked it, I fucked up the die roll, I storked it, my luck's a black hole, so I storked it, and I know I'm an asshole, cause I storked it. I storked it, it. I fucked up the die roll, I storked Storked it, it. my luck's a black hole, so I storked it, it. and I know I'm an asshole, cause I storked it, it. I storked it.
2: This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information, and to find all our streams and podcasts.